No. Am I? Am I, I might be out of bounds for this. Uh oh. I've never thought I would meet anybody who messed with Frankenstein at all. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, am I out of bounds for that? Well, I, it, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no. Call, I'm like this. <laughs> Is that terrible? What, I, I like Oscar the Grouch. Wait, but you know, but you because I don't know anything about. The only thing I've ever seen Black about Frankenstein, Green guy, Dracula, it, and no, it looks is, so fake. No, 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 no. This is totally different. Like, the scrap, white, scrap all of that. See, and that's why. Think more scientific Dr. in Dr. like this guy is piecing together parts or finding these cadavers that he's trying to bring reanimate, right? So with he, electricity and all kinds of stuff. It's not as like janky Halloween. Yeah. It's, it's not. not He's thinking the monster man. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You know? This is very good. Ghouls. Hey, this is intentional. Danger. Citizen. A lot back when we couldn't, when we weren't old enough to get in. So I feel yeah. like I've lived a whole lifetime. It's not you, it's Max. the establishment. You've outgrown the establishment. Yeah, it's like mm-mm. the establishment's been there longer than you. Yeah, oh for sure. It's yeah. been revolving. I remember when I was younger, my dad would tell me about stabbings going At down. Max? Yes, and the Heidi Ho. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Heidi Exactly. She brought the Heidi Ho. The Heidi Ho. Let's talk about that, oh, man. Classic Springfield watering holes. Mm-hmm. The Metro. <laughs> you know where the Metro was? No. On uh on Cook, right across from uh it was Caddy Corner from it's, it's a laundromat now. It used to be where Mellow Cream was on Cook. Right. Right there, the Metro. What, what what's it's the like Miss D's kitchen or something used to be. It's a it's mm. a bar. Mm-hmm. It's right across from where Family Dollar is now on uh, on Cook, down from okay. Genesis, down from Max. Mm-hmm. Okay. Y'all remember the Deuce Nickel though? Oh, that was on Ash. Mi- that was Ash and Eleventh, mm-hmm. where the uh, body shop the tattoo place used to be. There's like a biker bar right there on the corner. The keg, yeah, the, yeah, keg. the keg. There you go. And and across from that, before that body shop thing got built, there was like a low one level brick building, and it yep. was called the Deuce Nickel. Dang. And uh, you couldn't find a place to park. It's one of those. Oh I've, man! It's one of those. Why do I? I don't think I've been. Be like been the murder there. spot. Oh yeah. A million people the inside. Eclipse. Two million oh, people hey. outside. Hey. Used to be at the eclipse. Who? Oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing. 
Hey, hey. I was watching that surviving play. this morning. I ain't gonna hey. play you like that. I don't know for sure, but I no, that's the funny. E clip. That was hilarious. <laughs> hey, I was like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> that's funny. The but it's, it's one of them things. Like, if it ever gets tossed out, you got to talk it back. Like you got to <laughs> defend it. Was you here with, when the eclipse was here? Yeah. The e what? You I know what I really miss I is the traffic it. after, like. So everybody would drive out to uh, the Eclipse right before it closed. Mm -hmm. You couldn't get out. Yep. Then you'd hit the interstate, snaking in and out of the lanes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you'd get off and you'd either go to Denny's to get a spot and watch people get zip, zip tied and taken out. <laughs> yep. yep. Or you kept hitting corners, end up at the Road Ranger when it was a Road Ranger. Hit the Road Couldn't Ranger. get out there. Nope. Yeah, no, I, listen, I remember, I remember when they started shutting Denny's down at 2 in the morning. Yeah. They didn't know how to act in And there. they shut the gas station down. Hey, it was too much dining and ditching going Believe on. Believe it. It was oh. a lot of foolery going on out there. It was great. It was I the loved, best It was the best time of my life. Ever. <laughs> I, I feel that. like my parents these kids will never know the Springfield I knew. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was a good time. I, I loved every second of it. I, I was who I was talking to somebody about the eclipse. It was like as soon as you say the eclipse, it was it was instant finger point. Yeah, <laughs> nigga, you remember Chantilly lace. The atrium, the, the spot. Lace. Yeah, that the spot. Vinegar Hill Mall. That used Vinegar to really Hill Mall was, was probably the best for me. It. Really? That, that was the best party and experience I've had in Springfield. Really? Yeah. The spot. So, so when was that? Uh, the atrium? Late nineties. Yeah. So like Yeah. Boom Saloon had it was like dollar bottles, dollar mixed drinks on that Saturday night. So you would close that down and go right to the spot. And the spot was huge. They used to uh, WDBR used to broadcast from there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was it called? Uh, there was a oh, night that they used to broadcast. It was called something Big Party Thursday. Or there was there was a name for it. Thirsty Thursday. Wednesday. It was Big Dance Wednesday. Big and, Dance and, Wednesday and yep. Thirsty Thursday. Yep. Yeah, I remember that because I I was I was young, so I was like Big Dance. But it'd be Wednesday. on the radio all the time because yeah, we all I listened, listened to the radio, radio still. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, it was a whole like. Yes, we love you, listeners out there. Pretty hardcore like party scene. Now you talking about when it's sectioned off? When they had like three different spots inside the one? It definitely had that. And then they went to the one spot, the downstairs. And that's when I was talking about. That's when I had. Well, there was a part when that was down there. Then there was a the little part that was Donnie B's comedy club. Right. So that was another spot within there. He was downtown too. Yep. Yeah. At one time, but in that spot, he was actually in that atrium spot. If I'm not mistaken. When you walk up the stairs. Yep. And we used to have Lincoln Fest, which they need to oh, bring man. back. Bring that back. You know, that's something that that's popping. Lincoln Fest was See, I phenomenal. Don't know yeah. Oh my god. You heard gosh. it here at Intentional Dangerfield, baby. Bring Lincoln Fest bring back. Bring Lincoln Fest back. What, it was great. Springfield. Now, now what would up. it take to do something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People who want to seriously have fun. Here's my thing. The Levitt Amp series is a perfect example of what people really want here in town. They want diversity in the shows and the music offerings, and they want to drink and dance and have a good time. Lincoln Fest was all of that. You know, like yeah. you could bring your kids. It just, I miss Springfield the way that it was. Um, 
there was just never any shortage. Air rendezvous used to happen. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. And people go to that. Yeah. Um, and you used to be able, there's a bank, I want to say it's U.S. Bank now, that's on 5th and it used to Lauren, be. Uh, Cook. Mm-hmm. It's got. It's a weird, like, it used to building. Be oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's got, like, a rolling yeah. hill on it. They used yeah. to have jazz there. Uh, the Debbie Ross band used to play during the summertime. They had a whole jazz series that would mm-hmm. go on on the lawn there, and they would set the stage up in the parking lot. I'm just oh, saying, like, nice. there was, like, a lot of cool stuff that yeah. used to happen. Yeah. Right. Ethnic festival used to pop. Yeah, mm-hmm. they actually used to be something. You know what I mean? Hey, what is it called now? Because mm. it's, like, a weird name. It's not the same thing? It's it's not the ethnic. It's because they're... The heritage or something? They're is trying it? to be politically correct now. About I felt like the, that was politically, not politically correct. correct. What is it? Ethnic. The, the cultural cul-de-sac now? Yeah. Uh, I got you. <laughs> Oh my it's, God. it's it's something to the magnitude of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just you know people want to have a a good time. Uh, there's not a lot of places you can go like with your kids, meet up with your friends, have fun. Right. Everybody goes back family. Home. You know, yeah. like that so was cool. Springfield had a lot of cool stuff that used to happen on a very consistent basis, and you looked forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know we have you know a lot of uh, oh what do you call them like downtown um i'm drawing a blank here we have a lot of music that goes on downtown like festivals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the festivals are not diverse right they're not diverse right you know and it's like they're not always free either no they're not always free and you know you want to hear jazz r&b blues you just want to be out all in, of in the summertime mixture, but like hopefully you're gonna catch something in the day that mm-hmm. appeals to right you know, something you want to hear. So, sure. Like you said, because that, that's what was good about, we spoke about the music series that we had this summer mm-hmm. a, a couple podcasts ago, but that, you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's okay that this isn't hip hop playing. I, I don't mind being exposed to a different type of sound mm-hmm. like this and just having the, you know, the unity of the community. There was no problems. When, At man, all. We, we went to, how many did we go to? Four or five. And there At was least. no You bring problems. a little wine in your bathroom. Yeah. yeah. We had the babies out. Yeah. You know, Saw people running around. Years. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know what? It got bigger. The crowd got bigger. The atmosphere just got, you know, bouncy. It was nice. It was really nice. Kids were dancing. But what was interesting is every band they had, like uh, the reggae band. Mm-hmm. The uh, Latin um, band that they had come down, and uh, there was a black girl who. Yeah. Those were the ones that were packed, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there are more than us that want to hear something different too. So I just really appreciate the diversity that that right. series of events brought because I think it really opened the community's eyes of like. Hey, so we could all really just hang out on this lawn and have a good time. I thought it was such a great use of that green that space. space. Absolutely. And I love that there was AstroTurf and it wasn't real grass because yeah. then you weren't sitting in puddles and stuff. Yep. I just, I loved all of that. And it reminded me of what Lincoln Fest was like and mm-hmm. Air Rendezvous and all of these little one-off things that used to happen throughout yeah. the year that don't happen anymore. Right. You know, you were speaking about Lincoln Fest and Air Rendezvous and all that. And that brings me back to, you know, our childhood. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit about your history and how you're rooted in the community? So uh, I was born and raised here. 
at Memorial Hospital. Yeah, I'm a Memorial okay. baby too. Me too, yeah. me too. Thank you. Um, so my dad is originally from Jacksonville, Illinois, and he and his best friend had moved here. My mother is West Indian and was and is a uh, foreign was a foreign exchange student at Western Illinois University, which is where my parents met. My dad went to Eastern, mom went to Western with my dad's brother. So they ended up moving here. My mom became a naturalized citizen when I was two at the old state Capitol. Um, and you know, I'm so glad we survived the eighties because I had babysitters. You, one time my mom told me that she went to a fashion show or something they were having at the Elks and I was maybe one and a half, two. And when she took me into the bar, everybody's like, Hey, Tiffany, blah, 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 because my babysitter used to take me to the bar. That's probably why I'm such a party girl as it is. <laughs> but, um, I, Grew up here in Springfield. I went to Brian Baptist Academy. My dad worked for Department of Corrections. My mom was an educator. She's had everybody's kids in Springfield. Um, she was a, day, a daycare director at Union Baptist. Jesse Rogers that was at Grace Church. Um, she's called Miss Allison. That's my mom. Real thick <laughs> accent. Everybody loves Miss Allison. That's how I know your family. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother was one of my babysitters. Uh-huh. Mima. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't have you in the bar, though. No, she didn't have me in the bar. It, it wasn't her. She didn't have she me in the bar. She might have one at the crib. But... <laughs> uh, and then I, for seventh and eighth grade, went to Calvary Academy. And then my dad ended up moving back to Jacksonville. And I finished out high school at Jacksonville High School. Um, but, you know, Springfield's home. I love Springfield. And so, you know, went to college, came back, as we all do, kind of moved around and whatnot. Um, and then after I got married, my husband's like, I think I want to we should move to Springfield. We were in Jacksonville and I was like, bro, we're like whole adults. We could go to Florida, someplace warm. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, he's from East St. Louis originally. So uh, he liked Springfield, like the community. And so what's funny is my husband's a mailman. So his route is on the East side too. So we end up knowing a lot of the same families and you know, the kids and whatnot from where we work. Uh, but yeah, I moved back here in 2015 and I remember watching an interview with Oprah, and it's so cliche to say, but she was talking about being in this season of yes, you know, just say yes to everything. Because I kept thinking, like, I really want to give back. I want to impact this community. I want my kids to, you know, grow here. But I I feel like I need to get busy doing the work. I just don't know where to start. Um, and so just kind of from there, started working at a daycare. I was like, oh. I don't really want to do that. I want to get invested in the community. They had a spot that opened back up at Boys and Girls Club, which I had loved and had worked at years ago when we were in Jacksonville um, and started back out at the club. And I'm like, you know what? No, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to impact the youth. I'm going to get busy with the work and I'm going to uplift my community so that people can see something different and we can start to affect some change. But I also know in order to do that, I need to be in places that don't necessarily have people who look like me in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad is a Rotarian, which Rotary is a service organization, um, took me around to a couple of Rotary clubs and I found the one I really liked and just really invested time and volunteered. And around the time when I got to the club is when we started going live a lot with basketball tournaments and, you know, staying open later for teens and okay. the job fairs and things just kind of grew from there. Because what I also know is I don't need to wait for the media to show up. I'll be my own hype man. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll hype up what's going on. I know enough people. I'm connected to enough people that they'll see what's happening and, and just garnering support that way. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the short version of how we got back to Springfield after leaving. Um, and really, 
networking is just something that I really love doing and just knowing people and connecting people. Because again, it brings me back to like we were talking before, I don't need to know how to do everything. Right. I just need to know enough people who know enough things that we can connect each other and I can get stuff done that way. So you have to be willing to share the work and the the light and oh, yeah. the resources and want to connect people and, and make things happen. You can't do it all. But I, community service is just something that I have always loved growing up. My parents were really involved in the community. My dad was very politically involved. Um, all of his friends were too. So that just is something you become accustomed to. And seeing how things. You had examples. Yeah. And my dad was an alderman for 14 years in Jacksonville. And yeah. just he's just moved back to Springfield. So, um, But what I always loved about watching my dad in the political arena was more like he always got to be who he was. Hmm. And you just build relationships with people on both sides. And the things that you're making decisions about are either the right thing to do or they're not. It's not about like, well, w- what's the angle that we're working? Because you got to be able to sleep at night. Because, mm-hmm. again, things cost stuff. Yeah. How much do you want to pay? You know, what do you mean by that? So um, depending on what you decide to do, depending on when you're looking at somebody and they have a lot, you when I was growing up, I always loved to see like stretch limos and stuff. That was a real cool thing Mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Yeah. And my dad would be like, yep. And that's costing somebody some money. And I'd be like, okay, dad, I get it. But in, and he really ingrained that in me as a kid. So as I got older and, you know, you have more experiences, you start to see that depending on what you want or what you're looking at that somebody else has, you may not be able to afford that. Not in money, in spirit, your soul, whatever that is, you really need to be careful about being envious of somebody that's winning, that you feel like doesn't deserve what they have yeah. or they have too much it all costs somebody something and you just may not be able to pay the price that's going to come with what it is you feel like you deserve. So Hmm. again, it comes back to just staying in your lane. I know what I do well. Um, and I, I rest in that and I work that and I clap for other people who are doing really great things. I don't need to do all of that. You can't do all. I can't do it all. And I don't have the bandwidth to support what that might cost either. So, you know, being able to, I feel like the hardest balance has been, you always remain humble. Uh, you know, these, I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to do what I can do, but to a certain degree, you have to be able to also say like, but don't test me. Cause yeah. you don't want those problems either. Uh, balancing that, right. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to be the monster all of the time. But I do feel that, um, the, the more that happens, the more I'm involved in, um, your gangster gets tested. Oh, definitely. So, you know, and I smile a lot and I'm very laid back, but every now and then the gangster gets tested and I'm like, especially when you're moving up the, the levels of, you know, career wise. Yeah. But again, there's all this grinding that happens behind closed doors that people don't understand. So on the outside looking in, as someone's moving up, even my ascension, People will say is like, man, this happened really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, been but praying a lot. been praying a long man, time. I, I've been working really yeah. hard too. Um, and I had made a post on Facebook maybe a couple months ago where I was like, so I'm not lucky. I work hard, and I need you to stop telling people how lucky they are. Mm-hmm. And we who are perceived to be lucky need to actually have a real conversation about what stuff costs. Yeah, hmm. yeah. What have what have you been doing? So. Uh, 
I think sometimes we don't share the whole story because it sounds like we're bragging or it's all about us. But when, when you don't share the process and everybody's just envious of the end result, that's what ends up happening. Yeah. You don't have the heart to stay up as late as I did. You don't have the heart to be everywhere all the time. Uh, I often get asked, well, when do you sleep? I sleep. I make time for that, but I got the same 24 hours you have. Right. I just use it differently. Huh. Right. You know what I mean? I, I don't really watch TV because right. I don't really have time. Really? Yeah. Come home, cook, put the mm-hmm. kids to bed. And I'm like, Hey, I got a banquet to go to, or Hey, um, I'm going to meet for drinks because you're networking after whatever it is, you know, it, it's all your time and what you're willing to do. And that's sacrificing time for my kids, mm-hmm. which isn't fun. But at the same time, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because I will be providing them an opportunity to live an even better life or have just more access than they may have had I not been doing anything. Right. The same thing my parents did for me, the same thing my grandparents did for me or did for them. Instilled. Yeah, you know, just you're just working. That you're continuously building on that foundation and, you ex- have to. and expanding. And, you know, my grandparents worked really hard. And I always felt like when I thought I was tired, it wasn't fair. I could never have looked my grandma in the face and been like, I'm tired. Right. My grandmother scrubbed floors. Now, are you talking about? Now, is this, this is my dad's mom. Okay. My dad's mom and dad, you know, we're just grinding, you know, lived through segregation in Jacksonville. Yeah. Which is different because it's already a small town. Well, yeah, because we had Art Wilson on the matter yeah, of fact, we Art. had Art Wilson and uh Daniel Barkley Daniel, yeah. on the on the podcast. See, and Daniel before. and I grew up together. We went to school together. Okay. Yeah. This is dope. <laughs> yeah. We all went to school together. So I went to school with his older brother too. Uh, Daniel's right. my sister's age. Um, and their sister. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. That's how Jacksonville is, though. Network. Every, everybody knows everybody. Uh-huh. Related to everybody. I got a billion and one cousins. It's uh-huh. it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, scrubbing floors together. My grandmother and her mother did hair in the basement. So she'd get done from cleaning, go do that, work a full-time job at the state hospital that was in Jacksonville. So I don't feel like I could ever have looked my grandma in the face and been like, I'm tired. Right. So So what's your favorite part about the grind? Man, you know, like I when you are when you're of service to people, mm-hmm. it's such an immediate uh, you get your feels right back. Mm-hmm. Instant gratification. I mean, instant. You know, it's um, it is as simple as saying, hey, are you OK? Or, hey, how are you doing? Or I, it's just it is so gratifying to watch people's faces light up because you provided them a solution. How many times you walk past people that you could actually help? You just don't want to. It happens. You know, and so I I think sometimes like, man, if me just telling you where to get a resource from is going to change the trajectory of your life, Mm -hmm. why would I why would I not do that? Right. You just don't really know who you're helping or becoming a detriment to by just not being helpful. So I think my favorite part about the grind is not sleeping. Is um, working a thought having a vision and sometimes it's not very clear what that vision is, but I, I there's a sense that I get and just working that. And, and then all of a it. sudden it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was going to be like this, but this is great. Yep. Um, and for me, a part of the larger portion of my story, um, my back was really messed up for some years. Cause that's just a thing that runs in my family. Mm-hmm. And I was on a walker after I had my middle daughter, I was 31, 32. Wow. Uh, 
but I was overweight because I had weight loss surgery. Like there's a whole mm-hmm. thing, right? So was overweight for a long time. Back was really messed up. Had my second daughter. I was like 348 pounds at the time. Um, and I could barely walk. Ended up having, you know, spinal injections and things. And I couldn't get the spinal surgery that I needed because I was overweight. So I had weight loss surgery. Started losing the weight. I was off work at the time. And that's when I started. We moved here, started working again, was able to have surgery the following year. And I remember uh, being in the hospital and they were like, hey, do you mind if we could chip and walk after the surgery? I'm like, no, I'm up. Let's do laps. Let's go. Yeah. Because I promised myself that if I had the opportunity to get that done, I would never sit down again. So sometimes I am running myself into the ground and people are worried, like, you don't ever sleep. What's going on? I remember when I couldn't get out of bed in my early 30s. So, it, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I'm just not going to sit down. Right. Nope, I'm going to run. I'm going to run until I get tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm only going to sleep for an hour and I'm up again. I just, I I will never, ever, ever take for granted my mobility because that was a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I have never been in that much pain. I forgot what it felt like to not hurt. Mm. And that's, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Right. So, you know, it's like sometimes things happen to you in your life and it that pressure, you know, turns you into a diamond, so to speak. And so sometimes people can't understand where that motivation comes from because it's born out of a struggle that's only relative to you. You just can't explain to people. I can't explain to you how bad I hurt. Mm -mm. So that's why when I said yes to everything and people like, oh, can you do this? Can you go there? Can you volunteer at four in the morning? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. Why not? You know, so I just think that you have to tell people the story. It's not bragging, but I, I have to tell you all of it because it all builds into why I do what I do, why I don't get tired, and why I can't stop. Right. Yeah, I think a, a lot of the reason why people don't actually go into that is they want to make it sound like it's easier to them than it really is. Like they didn't do it without a grind. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm. I'm that special that it is it just came that easy for me, like Jay Z rapping without writing it down. Right. But also <clears throat> people have gifts and talents. That's the other part of it. Speak on that. So there's the grind, but my personality and who I am born to be speaks to why I'm good at what I do. Right. Um I am sensitive to people's energy and how they're feeling and thinking and trying to figure out what are you motivated by? What what is it that speaks to you? What can I provide you so that you can get on my page and garner support? You know, um, there are gifts that people have. So you could work yourself into the ground the same way I have and and not get the same results because you're somebody nobody wants to be around. True. Very true. Right. So it's <laughs> a combination of things. Yeah. I can rhyme, but I can't rap because rap is all about the delivery, the timing. Those are things to me that that's a gift. Mm-hmm. That is, is a true gift. Comedians and their timing is a true gift. Yeah. You can't learn certain things. Right. So that's my whole point of not being envious of people because you just have gifts I don't have. So that's why I stay in my lane. <laughs> you know, like it is what it is. You know, I, that's not my gift. Um, so yeah, I service just, I, I'm very passionate about just being of service to people because it costs you nothing. It doesn't. And you know, it looks like you, you lead by example as a lot too. What's, what's, what's some things that, you know, as a leader 
that are good characteristics that, you know, get people on board and you are able to get them to match the frequency that you're on? Well, I think that you do have to be seen doing the work. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to clean it. I would not ask somebody to clean a toilet. I'm not going to clean. And I put that into practice a long time ago. My grandmother instilled that thought of you speak. And there's like a quote to, you know, you speak to the the, the janitor the same way you do the CEO and mm-hmm. vice versa. Like mm-hmm. you show everybody the same level of respect. It does not matter because at one point in time, my grandparents were those people. So uh, I don't ask people to do things I won't do. Um, and I think that people trust you when they know what you're asking for. Um, you would do. So, you know, it's just like having a friendship. Your friendship can't be so one-sided that you're always providing the resource and every time something goes wrong, you're you're the one that they call and you show up. You That's a two-way street. Yeah, that's definitely a two-way street. And to Support. me, before I ask somebody something, I want to make sure that I've done the work. That's because oftentimes people are going to go, what did you do? What have you tried to get done first? My dad always would say that. So hmm. before you come and ask me for whatever... Have you tried to figure out the math problem? Did you try to find what you were looking for before you? It's easy to call somebody in sure. when have you, you need something. Anything? What but have what you did done? you do? Right. And I just think too often people people want support and don't do work. Well, this is that that age you know, where like you everything have to do work. comes. Everything's at the fingertips now. The industry I'm in, it doesn't work like that. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So but, maybe in, uh, in some industries it well, does. Well, you think about social media and things yeah. like that. We don't wait to watch shows. We stream them. Mm-hmm. We watch all the show in, in the block. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't wait for anything. So you, you, you don't even have to. You can almost get away with not doing any studying anymore with Google. Like, yeah, but you know what? That's crazy. Then when you get the job that you didn't study to be in. Mm-hmm. And you won't be able to perform. And that's the point. So, yeah, you can take all the shortcuts you want. But when it comes time for you to have to grind because nobody showed up, you won't be able to perform because you won't know what to do because you didn't do anything. You know, so that that's a whole part of it. You'll be out there exposed. Yeah. Sooner or later, you're going to get exposed that you don't do anything. And that was one of the things Mm -hmm. in my my professional career that, I, you know, me and Todd worked together. And that's what I was telling him. We got to have our everything front to back we got to know it and when we know it then we can be able to give ourselves some room to be able to maneuver but you got to have that covered absolutely you do and that is how you maneuver knowing knowing all of it i want to know what everybody's doing yeah you have to you have to know why the car's rolling you just not because you turned it on no engine exhaust all of it where did it come from? Where is it going? You gotta need. You need. You gotta know how to fix that without always calling that mechanic in there. Like, what can I do to fix this oil pan when it's leaking? Yeah, check. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, did you check the levels? Yeah. Right. Did you check the levels? What levels? That's usually the the response. What levels? Oh, you didn't check the levels. Did you get the oil changed? And there's a book. uh, I was a theater major in college, and there was a really great book that we had to read that was real short, and it was called Backwards and Forwards. And the premise of the book was when you're looking at a script, you have to understand, you need to read it backwards to understand why the characters were motivated to get to the outcome that happened, you know, reading the script backwards. 
understanding what was going on. And there's a quote in there where he says something about like, it's more important to know uh, how the clock ticks or why it does, then it's just ticking. You know, there's, as you said, there's just more to it than that. Yep. You need to know all parts of it. It's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Not just the results, the right. process. The process. And once you understand the process and all the moving pieces, you're better able, you're, you're, you're able to use your awareness and, and, scope and vision and extend that as well and extend your vision into and change things into what your mind has been thinking of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And be able to bring what's in your mind out of it and, you know, have people work along with you to get that done. Because like you were saying, you can't do it all yourself. And when you're able to tap into your other resources, that amplifies the drive in your mission and the goal that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it does. You, just you put need some jewels all of that. out there, cousin. <laughs> you need all of that. Now, speaking of jewels, I think I seen you. Were you singing on stage? Oh, yeah. I saw you. Where did you see me at? <laughs> on Facebook. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said something about you know theater. Where did your love of vocal? And that come about. So as I said before, right, I was the fat kid in school. So there's two ways you're going to turn out. You're either going to like be Homer Simpson in the bushes (laughs) or you're going to just grow such a wild personality. And I'm going to crack the joke first. So let's get it. Let's get it popping. Right. Because everybody's joining on each other. I'm here for it. You're not going to make me cry. Right. Right. So um, what came out of that you know, growing up that way, uh, I loved acting. I loved being able to be something else, be somebody else, be kind of in in the spotlight. Um, and I sang as most little kids do. It wasn't until, um, and my parents allowed me enough space to kind of like try stuff out, see what I liked. I definitely wasn't athletic. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I was at Calvary Academy. So this is like seventh grade. And um, I think I I think the music teacher there was like, hey, have you ever thought about taking voice lessons? And I was like, eh, no, that sounds good. Let's do that. Let's do it. And she put me in touch with this guy named Timothy Wood. And I wished I could find him hmm. because I it's it's almost like he was an angel because he is like nowhere to be found <laughs> in the earth. And you might be out um, listening tonight. <laughs> he said, Tiffany, um, your voice is so strong. Have you ever thought about opera? And I was like, no, not really, but that's cool. You know, so he exposed me to opera and he was like, listen, if you train this way, it's what I would call like the gateway drug to all singing is opera to me because you, it, it's, it's a very easy way of like building that muscle Mm -hmm. so that you can, you can sing all genres of music. Um, And so he taught me, and I started going to contests, which they have like IMEA contests at school. Mm-hmm. And I was getting first place every time, just like cleaning up. Wow. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I didn't really sing around the house. Like my parents would always thought it was funny that I sang as well as I did because I never sang at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and started, I was classically trained in opera starting in seventh grade. And I did that all the way through college. Um And so then when I got to high school and when we moved to Jacksonville, I knew because there weren't, there were music programs in Springfield, but multiple high schools. 
much harder to kind of be a standout when you've got, it's kind of spread out that way. Um, so when I got to Jacksonville High School, I joined the choir program there and uh, things just really took off for me. Um, I sang the national anthem constantly. They still, I made a recording in 1999 of the national anthem. They still play it at the bowl. Still holding if you ever go to the bowl and you see a game, you don't see anybody singing. That's my CD that they're playing. Wow. I didn't heard that. 99. Like I need royalties or something. <laughs> <laughs> so all through high school, I sang, I was in show choir. I loved it. Uh, no one could touch me. In, in what I did the way that I did it. Now, there were other phenomenal singers that I grew up with. We all did something different. There were no black girls singing opera where I was. Mm-mm. No. Nah. So uh, when I decided to go to college, um, I was able to get into Illinois State on like a vocal scholarship because it definitely wasn't the grades. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> um, hey, the vehicle got yeah, you. Yeah, and I joined a vocal jazz group on campus as a freshman, which hadn't happened. And we toured, and um, I was in theater there. Switched to music theater, and it, you know, just how was sang. that? How was that experience? You yes. said you toured. Where did you go? And we how, went to New Orleans, which is the first time I had been to New Orleans. Was when we toured easy. there. So you got to go places you never yeah. even imagined going. Yeah, right? never imagined, and for something that came easy to me, was Fun. singing. Um, and I loved theater, and I just I love to watch people express other people's stories. I think the theater is just really powerful and very therapeutic. Uh, my dad's law enforcement, so to a certain degree in my house, it's like, why are you crying? Everything's fine. You, you know. <laughs> um, and I always tell people that when I went to college, my first acting class, I had to learn how to cry. I know it sounds so weird. Like I had to learn how to literally just have express raw emotion and not in a controlled way. Which no no knocks to my parents. It's just, you know, you grow up how you That's grow up. Is, yeah. um, and it was almost like therapy. Being in acting class, it changed my life. Wow. Uh, Patrick O'Gara was my first acting teacher. He's since passed away, but he was phenomenal. And he really taught me how to express my emotions. And that was very helpful for me, um, just like living in my truth and being an, an honestly, uh, an honest, emotional person uh, was really special. So, yeah, just through college, I sang. I made money. Muni. Never did the Muni because I'm a big girl and I don't want to be hot. Okay, <laughs> practicing outside is not my ministry. So I, no, I've been at the Hoagland. I've done several shows at the Hoagland. Um, but hey, it's hot in yeah, Illinois. Yeah. Like it just is. So uh, summertime. Yeah. Uh-uh. Out there. Not that's, not this that, one. That's why I don't hang out. With the <laughs> <Muni's>. Them mosquitoes. <laughs> no knocks love for the Muni. Heat. Love it. It's yes. awesome. Yes. Just not for me. Yeah. Pick and choose. But the funny thing about singing, and this is why I tell people, never discount what your talents are. That you that they're not viable in the industry that you're in. Me singing and singing as long as I have has turned into opportunities that I never thought I would have. So a lot of the places I worked at, you know, if we had a gala or something going on, I used to work at Phoenix Center. Uh, my boss at the time, John, would be like, hey, would you sing at the gala? And I'm like, yeah, girl, I got you. No problem. <laughs> well, I end up meeting Andy Menard that way. Right. Because he was coming to the galas, very supportive in the community. Um, and years later he said, Hey, would you think about, you know, possibly singing at the Senate opening? And I was like, yeah, sure. And that's how I got there last, last January. Uh, and because of what I'm involved in outside of my job and the commission that I serve in, um, and kind of where I find myself at times, it then spun into, I sang at the Capitol for the 
the treasurer's black history program. Um, that's what I'm saying. You know, they had nothing to necessarily do with the work that I did as much as it was just being um, of service in a way somebody needed something, yeah. someone to say, okay, I got you, no problem. Yeah. Who you are. Yeah. Keeping it real. But that's okay. Yeah. But I think sometimes we don't see transferable skills in like talent, but you can use that. And, and sometimes people don't know how to pivot off of those or, mm-hmm. you know, incorporate that with using it as a a key to open a door for you. Yeah. And I'll, you know, put your foot in, get the shoulder in, and, yeah. and it's one of these <laughs> until you work yourself into the door. Yeah, but get that foot in. I just, you know, always want to encourage people that don't ever discount your talents. Whatever those are really can be a vehicle to get you an opportunity or, or uh, an experience that you would not have otherwise had. Yeah, don't bury your talents. You'll no, lose not at them. all. Yeah. you lose them. Absolutely. So, you know, I just, weddings, whatever, I don't sing as much as I used to, but I do perform with a funk band, which is what we were getting to on being on Facebook. Uh-huh. Tony and I used to perform together at the Hoagland. We did several shows together. And he was like, hey, you ever think about being in a band? I was like, I'd love to be in a funk band. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I got there uh, to sing with them. So it's, it's always a good time. And that's something that is um, fun for me to do outside of work mm-hmm. um, to kind of recharge. Because I'm like a very extroverted person. So being around people, being in it is very recharging for me in a way that my sister would be like, oh, like, I just leave me alone for a year. Come back. Mm-hmm. It's she very draining. in a funk band. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that is, that's how you recharge. Like, but that's that's your love. That's yeah. What you, that's what I you enjoy see. that. Yeah. That might drain somebody else, but that's you like that. That's, Shh, that's your plug in. for free. Yeah. Yes, that's I would. love. Yeah. I really, really would. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. Um, being able to perform is is a really great outlet. So I yeah, have to come that. check you out. Well, listen, <laughs> put something in the tip jar. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for five dollars. Sure. No, it was funny because I saw it too. And I, when you were doing it, like I was, I know I'm the, I'm the terrible Facebook. I would just. <laughs> <laughs> scroll until there's nothing to scroll anymore. So <laughs> I'm like that on Instagram. So I just so I was about to scroll past and you it was in rhythm to scroll right on past what you had going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was but, a transition swipe. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mid swing fully chart. But anyway, you you were singing and I was like, who is this on here singing live in front of people? I'm like, who? You know, I've where, never even seen anybody do this going on. Because I'm extra. Look, Get and I, my I, friends will tell you, like, you're extra. Who who does that? And, but that's what caught me. And, and <laughs> I ended you up get watching extra. like five minutes of the video. Hey, and our guitar player is bananas. I don't know how what video you saw or what your what song we what's, were playing. Uh, play? John Virgin, he's from uh, uh, Decatur. Okay. I mean, our whole band is awesome, but hmm. I, I like the guitar right, right. personally. Yeah. Uh, and I, that's why I love going to rehearsal and stuff because I could just sit there. And I grew up on rock bands and stuff. My dad was super into music. He was an avid Kiss fan. Uh, grew up on White Snake. Like mm. my experience was <laughs> very different. Uh, Bootsy Collins, Broad, all of that. So, yeah. you know, just heavy bass and guitar and 
that's how I grew up. So I'm very mesmerized by that. Mm-hmm. Did you get any of the West Indian influence from your, your mother's side? You know, um, I did. And it's funny because uh, they're very entrepreneurial. So my grandfather immigrated from Cuba as like a five-year-old to Antigua and be- worked to become one of the island's first CEOs that they had there and, and uh, really helped a lot of people um, on the island. It's a very small island anyway. And he just was a really hard worker. His brother was in parliamentary government uh, in Barbados. And uh, my uncles work extremely hard in the family business. So, uh, you know, I get some of that, you know, influence from watching them grind, watching them work, while also being fiercely protective of the family, which I always appreciated that aspect of it. to really be focused on well, what's going to make the family great, building generational wealth, all of those thoughts and um, concepts really came from that side of the family too. So I we go there maybe like every other year. I go to Antigua for carnival, see my family. Uh, one of my uncles was just recently here. But definitely got that influence. And what is important about that side of my family is that it really, in working with black youth especially, you know, you're always pondering the question, what does it mean to be black in America? What does it mean to be black in Springfield? For me, I have an actual like immediate culture in a different place that defines who I am. And what I realized about a lot of the students I was working with was they didn't have that. So where do you land? If, if, if home is not something that really pulls it together for you. If depending on where you come from, there is such a pride that I have for being West Indian, and such and and West Indian people are like the proudest people mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can't help but walk different. Yeah. And so when I'm when I'm working with Black youth, mm-hmm. us, um, I recognize that that is a big part that's missing. Because what does it mean? Is it our clothes? Nope, because people take that and appropriate it. Is it our music? What do we really, really have? Now, of course, we can all say we all originate in Africa, but you're talking generations and generations that you can't really trace yeah. where yeah. where yeah. there's nobody to visit. Yeah. And Africa is a very a big place yeah. Yeah. with a lot of different cultures within cultures. So yeah. that's why I'm saying I feel very fortunate to be connected still to that culture. My mother's accent is super, super, super mm-hmm. thick. Like she just got here. She brings it back. You know. Takes it all the way home. Yeah. And uh, I did not realize how important that was to who I have become. You know, being able to to have that. It matters. It does. It's like not having parents. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, That's I, a lot. You look at people with parents say, and you get you you realize, oh, I was raised different. To, to yeah. hear you say that, we don't, I don't even, real, like, I don't even realize that. Well, I didn't until I I went there and was like, oh, this is what it is. This is the thing that's missing because we have our own dialect. We have foods that are specific. We have um, Mm -hmm. dance and rhythm and music that is different. But it's a whole thing. The whole thing. (laughs) But when we say black culture Uh to a certain degree, what are we talking about that that other people are not going to use? You're not going to go to the West Indies and somebody comes in and starts like, oh, we're going to take this piece of it. And that they're, they're No, not going to happen. It's established. That's crazy. It's established. You cannot come Built. in and do that. 
No. So when our young men are walking around and they're angry and there's different things going on, that's why I'm like, hey, I un- I understand. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like you said, they don't even know. They have no idea. How would you know? You wouldn't. You can't. You wouldn't. Like I got experiences like at my black college, Lane, yes. Lane College. That's a different feel too. When you're amongst different people who you're like, you know? You know what's beautiful about it? Because you don't have to explain anything. No. You just keep it moving. Now, on the flip Build. side, my grandmother was not a fan. My grandmother on on my dad's side was not a fan of HBCUs because she felt like, hey, we've worked really hard so you, that you don't have to be someplace where it's only you. Mm-hmm. But for me, with my children, I'm like, no, you need to have that experience so you can build some resiliency because it's going to be really rough out here. Mm-hmm. And you need to have something to touch back on uh, a time where you know what it feels like to not have to explain yourself. You know what it feels like to have the camaraderie of people who look like you, uh, who've had similar shared experiences. That is such a respite, like time in your life at that time in your life to have. And I realize that now. And that's what I get when I go home to the Island. You know, it's just, everybody looks like you. There's nothing to explain. You said it. You understand everything. Home. It's just, it's home. It, it's, home. it is, but it just is, you know? And sometimes people who are not from there will go there and they will feel that sense of culture as a brown person and, and adopt that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to go with what connects you. Because it does eventually trace back. Yeah, it all does. Mm-hmm. But you have to do what speaks to you. And I just think that that's something that really gets missed with our youth is there's no. There's nothing. What do you, what do you have? What's Man, what's mama cooking in the kitchen? Not a thing. My mom <laughs> does not cook at all. I got to go either to my cousins in Florida. Okay. And she makes me everything that I can uh-huh. think of. Or, you know, uh, the ethnic village. <laughs> at the fair. <laughs> Maybe here and there. Yeah, I get no authentic Caribbean food unless there's like a friend whose grandma's in town or something like that. My mom does not cook. Oh, man. So what's one of your top... Favorite Caribbean dishes? Oh, rice and peas. Rice and uh, peas. Mm. Rice Curry and chicken. Peas? Oh, my gosh. And plantains. So, wait a minute. Rice and peas? Yes. Okay, so it's like rice kidney bean. Kidney beans, rice, but it's like jasmine rice. And look, set your no, whole... No meat in it? Oh, sometimes you can have goat meat in it. You could have curry chicken in it. But usually it's like the side dish, you know. Like red beans and rice I got at Popeyes, you. I got right? You. I got you. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. that feeling in your soul when you take I a bite. You. So, Todd, are you, are, are, you, are you willing to try the goat? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Amen. Todd getting the goat. It's so good. Why though. you asked me that? Because I, I'm, I'm sure she's had it. I've had goat before. It's good stuff. Oh, you've had goat? I've had goat. Oh. It's great. I would yeah, say it's probably my favorite. I had... I have problems with certain types. <laughs> uh, Branching out. I definitely do. But I'm open to a certain extent. It, if it doesn't look correct. It look, won't. I will not eat fish with a head on it, with the eyes looking That's at you. Happening. Absolutely not. That's not nope, happening. Not happening. That's, That's a no go yep, for me, nope. too. I'm not Whoa. doing that. It's a no for me, dog. You, you are. <laughs> it's got the nope. eyeballs on it. Looking yeah. at you. The savagery. And it's just like. <laughs> looking at you. The savagery. What is that? You really going to do this, man? 
Right. They don't do me like mm-hmm. this. Don't do they, say that, they say the inner the cheek meets the best. I yeah. understand that's, that's how it used say. to happen. I don't know. No, I can't do it. But yeah. so I, I, I would. The, there was a. <laughs> all I can say is this: there was a time I was in Chicago, and there was a place that said it was nothing but goat things to eat. <laughs> goat. <laughs> goat, hold on. goat, goat chops, everything. Goat tips. I'm just goat tips. Bro. Stuffed goat legs. Stuffed goat legs. Stuffed uh, goat everything ankles. was goat, goat milk. Oh no! All, like it was, everything was goat. In my first Goudier cheese. No. Oh. See, I'm just weird though. That's it's, it's not weird. It's weird. You like what you like. Hey. Not knocking it. You like what you Eat like. Hot sauce and ranch on everything. That's true. Uh, That's how I decided to go next door. <laughs> And it looked clean. Everything was because it all matters when it, it comes. Matters, but of course it, it looked clean. And people, I looked at the people. Everybody looked like it was good, <laughs> but I still chose to go next door because it was goat. No and goat. So it's all right. It was a no goat. <laughs> it's a no goat. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. So that I I. I I would have to see what it looks like. It's good stuff. That's good stuff. You won't be disappointed. It's worth a try. Yeah. I, but It's I, so similar to things you already oh, eat. Oh, and patties. And patties with the meat. I never, like, I never had a, a real patty? beef patty. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What? A real uh, one? They make those a beef patty. It looks frozen. Like a, it looks like a Hot Pocket. Yeah. But it's like a crust. The crust is like pie crust. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, that sounds. And it's just meat inside. Or you can get like vegan ones or they have some of their chicken. We're going to get you a goat one. Slap everybody. I don't know about that. We're going to try it. <laughs> Hot sauce and ranch on everything. That one that would have to be fully Im- sauce. Immersed. What? Dripping. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yes. We're going to figure it out, player. They make the patties... Uh, you can get them in the store in the frozen section. No, 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 no. no. You can, show. bro. What's I can't do it. They do. They sell them like that. Not here, but I've seen on enough food shows. No, you're absolutely right, but yeah. absolutely no, not. No, but there, but there's that argument too. I need somebody, grandma, with yeah. the, the the meat hanging, <laughs> the curtain arms, pressing absolutely, making an arms like Rogers ranch. <laughs> My aunt makes them. Well, she doesn't have hanging arms, but she, uh, she <laughs> makes them when I'm in Antigua. She's <laughs> amazing, Aunt mm-hmm. Daisy. You're amazing. Shout out to Aunt Daisy. Aunt Daisy's a phenomenal cook. So what's carnival like? <sighs> you know, nothing that you've ever seen. Right. Really? Nothing you've ever seen because uh, it's so many of us in one space. That's overwhelming for me. Hmm. Like overwhelming and like, this is beautiful. Right. Oh, my gosh. Like, like you know, not, just taking this in. We're not sprinkled in there. We, no, no. We it's us. Whole... That's it. That's, That's it. it. Mm-mm. And ain't nobody fighting. Never. I have. I have never been at carnival and anybody's fought. Ever. That's a never. That man. I'm. You're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Never had a fight. I just took a cruise recently that's called Uber Soka, and it's a. It is island people, who have formed this company, and have chartered two Royal Caribbean cruise ships. With nothing but us on there, no, nothing but island people, 
they were like throwing water out the pool on people. I mean, I've just <laughs> literally like they own the ship and no one told them that they couldn't and no one told them to stop. Uh, it was phenomenal. I had, I'm just, I, I you cannot describe it. Nah. Carnival is a time where you don't sleep. Yeah. You know, it's t- a two week stretch of just nonstop kicking it. Two week stretch. Now you so wasn't it- out there for two weeks, was you? We usually go for about a week and a half. She was out there two weeks. Yeah, you was out there two it's weeks. It's like you come home, you take a nap for about 30, 40 minutes, take a shower if the government hasn't turned off the water. And uh, <laughs> oh. it's, I stay with my uncle, so my uncle's very rustic. You yeah, know, he's yeah. like, no, I'm not paying for water tanks. Like, use these buckets or in the shower and wash up. Yeah. Uh, but it's you just go. Sleep for 45 minutes, go. I don't know how I I don't I don't think I can survive that. Now what, what you you'll be surprised. Let's figure it out. You, you will make it work, brother. You will make it work. Hey, you'll be surprised. Eat plenty gold. You'll be so good. Like, yeah. I don't know if eat I'll survive that. Now what? Why is carnival carnival? Is there a reason or is it just a party? So every island has their own carnival time. Now I think in Barbados they call it crop over. They don't call it carnival, but essentially it's to celebrate your independence, the independence of the island, the independence of the people. Um, and so for that two week stretch, there's pageantry that goes on. Uh, all the children, well, a lot of the children on the island learn steel drum music. Hmm. So there's competitions that go on. Uh, it's it it's ginormous. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, but really, you know, it's a time people come back home. So you're seeing people you haven't seen in a long time, your family members and whatnot. And there's, I mean, there's parties every night that go till, you know, seven, eight in the morning. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's, I can't really describe it to you because you just have to be in it. Cause it's just, Vegas has nothing on carnival. Yeah, it's gotta go see this. And then that all builds up to what they call juve morning, which would essentially be the morning of the independence, you know, and, um, and then from there, you, we usually wake up at, I don't know, maybe like 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. You put on uh, like a T-shirt or whatever in the mass troop. That they call it playing mass when they're wearing the costumes. Mm-hmm. But before all of that happens, you have juve morning. And so you get behind these big trucks with all these massive speakers on it. And there's bands playing. There's refrigerated trucks that follow them. So you get your drinks all day long through there. Um, and you walk for miles and everybody's dancing and i mean it just it does not stop and then once that's over you come home take a shower put your costume on to play mass and then you're back at it again on that same kind of route for the rest of the day hey, that's what i'm saying like it's not for the faint of heart let's let's yeah. put this in you got to drink your water let's put this in perspective <laughs> you better let's put this in perspective we're talking about the caribbean islands mm-hmm. where africans were taken and enslaved and these were the islands where they would grow rum, uh, sugar cane, sugar, yeah, sugar cane, not grow rum. I'm sorry, no, no, but no, sugar cane, yeah. and um, so that's rum, that's molasses, that's sugar. You know, so these are products that were heavily favored in Europe, in in England, in in Spain. So, in in these people were were these slaves were were run hard. I mean, because it's all about product process. They run them hard. They go get another one. So when you talk about carnival and celebrating that independence mm-hmm. from that oppression mm-hmm. no wonder it didn't stop right what are we gonna stop for no we free no, absolutely this is this is i mean so when you said it's not for the faint of heart to come from that to to be out of that and celebrate that we're not stopping 
and that's why the culture is so strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my whole point. And it still right? continues to this day. The culture is like still celebrating you can't, it. You're not gonna come here and tell us something to do. That's now in America when we were freed. That didn't happen. We didn't get to celebrate, and and, can, and we yeah. don't continue to. And it's such a large place and so disjointed yeah. too. You know, uh, couldn't do yeah. all that mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Warrior is such a different. The higher ups, <laughs> carrying so on. different. Yeah, yeah. But that's beautiful though. It it really is, and I I'm very thankful and fortunate that that is a part of who I am. But it also just makes me more cognizant of. When people seem empty, mm-hmm. when our brown kids seem empty, I'm telling you a large chunk of that is a lack of culture. What What is something, in your opinion, that can happen or that can be done to try to bring culture back to this community in particular? Celebrating the youth. And letting them be who they are for a change. Uh, I think sometimes we as adults try to put them in so many boxes. We don't ever let them just express themselves. And finding community is culture to a certain when you have to make it yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, I grew up at Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Now, think back in the 80s and 90s, the church circuit around here had it on lock. Yeah. You, <laughs> Everybody was in it. Whether you wanted to be or not, that's how we all met each other. That's where we were mm-hmm. community. You know, you had community, potlucks, all of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's uh, responsible for everybody. We've gotten away from, and, and and it's not so much a church thing for me. I'm just saying we've just gotten away from the love of that community. Community. So I think that our youth don't really get that. And when they try to create it with each other, we are like, you can't be that loud. You can't do these things. You There's restriction way. on it. Yeah, I think that we have to figure out a way to celebrate the youth differently, even if that just means just encourage them. They're, I mean, just encourage them where they're it goes at. It's a long way. Stop talking about how they, how you're wearing your clothes and how you grew your hair. Man, speak some positivity to these babies. That conversation. And I say babies, eighteen year olds too. Like, speak yeah. some positivity yeah. into these young men. Smile at them when you see them. Stop mm-hmm. acting scared of the kids around here. Hmm. I never understand that. I see adults all the time that talk crazy to kids because you're scared of them. Why are you scared of a six foot five, eighteen year old black boy that's walking to the store? Like, why are you scared? Because right. you don't you don't take the time. You don't say, take the time to smile, to hey, say hi. Hey, to, brother, you know, how you doing? I'm yeah. good. Yeah, just to look. Hey, what's up, brother? I mean that. And they're like, the, oh, hey, what's up? That changes Every how time. they feel. Yeah. <laughs> to be mad. seen. I get mad when you don't speak. Yeah, yeah to be seen, but. Kids just want to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And I know even working at the club, when I first got there, I had big boys. You know, they were yeah. sophomores, juniors in high school and just like hugging me in their armpit, you know. <laughs> and those young men were the ones that were staying at the club with me till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night as I'm like working on developing a program. They're, you know, playing Xbox in the room or taking trash out of the club. And they're like, Miss Miss Tiff, we're not going to leave you here in the building until you're ready to go. And then we'll make sure we get home. And, I, you know. Those are the stories that I have of the young people I work with. Uh-huh. Those that is a realistic picture of the young people in this community. In droves. In young droves. black men at in that. In droves. Absolutely. Very positive, uplifting young people, but if you're never talking to them and you're judging what you perceive to be going on, I don't think I could excel. If I didn't have people around me like, "Hey, you could do that." 
or why don't you come and do this or Tiffany, you know, that encouragement. Yeah, yeah. It means a lot. Even people who didn't look like me. Yeah. It's, it's a community. It's a sense of community. So, uh, I feel like that's, man, I, these kids are so talented. The teens are so talented. They're smart. They've got like really amazing thoughts and none, nobody talks to them. And then they turn 18 and they're expected to articulate things, you know, and it's like, well, you never even let them talk. Yeah. You shut them down. You know, I just can't imagine how you expect people to grow into healthy adults um, when they're living lives. And a lot of us would probably crumble under the pressure at yeah. home, no dealing idea. with loss, friends getting killed, mm -hmm. wh you know, whatever. Um, and then you're, we're not talking to them. We're not taking care of them. We're not treating them like kids. Yeah. The people who are supposed to be taking care of you. Yeah. That's us. The adults. Yeah. You don't have to be my kid. I'm going to give you a be. hug. I'm going to ask you how you're doing. Mm -hmm. How's your mom? You're a child in this world. Absolutely. I'm an adult I owe that to you. Yeah. We and are responsible right. for each you other, right? That. Like, yeah. Yeah. We've, I've lost we that responsibility that. of. Mind, if nothing mind, else, mind. we're brown together, so you are my responsibility, mm -hmm. yeah. whether you know me or not. Okay. Because I was telling a parent today, like, hey, to a certain degree for me, my time is my time. So if me approaching a young person turns into something unexpected and my time's up, okay, you know, can't do anything about that. But I'm not going to approach young people like that is what it is. Something bad could happen to you anywhere for whatever reason with people you don't know. Yeah. Or your own people, whatever. But I just think we have to get back to talking to recognizing youth, acknowledging their presence. I just don't think we do enough of that. There's so much strength in the youth. You Man, know? yeah. I mean, for real. Like, I could walk in a school building and I'm high fives and what's up. And it's like, man, this is it. You walk in the office building and somebody don't even say thank you when you hold the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, these kids, you... You make a difference in their life. You make a difference in their life forever. And then they start talking to you. And yeah. they lay some pretty heavy stuff on you sometimes. And I'm like, oh, but they man, gotta get, they gotta that's get that rough. Off, you got to get that off. But no wonder you're having a hard time. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like I would be, I would school. be having a hard time if uh, home was unstable in a way of like, you know, your parents are going through whatever they're going through. They're working. Things are tough. You're dealing with just trying to be a teen in the world right now. Um, and not maybe having all the resources you need. That's a lot, man. Especially when you don't know how to cope with stuff because you're not old enough to know. That's heavy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's heavy. very heavy. So I just think we need to be careful about how we talk to teens and kids and speak life into some of these little kids. That's right. Speak life into them. Man, Uplift. Yeah. I, Words of encouragement. And that's why I love being at the speak club. Speak power. Because right. all these kids coming through you're the in door. You're a perfect you know, spot. And it, I, lost, I lost both my teeth. Yeah, you're you know, in the what perfect you think? spot right like, there. Look great, man. That's awesome. You know, <laughs> high fives and moms that come in, you know, dads that come in, like, man, just my kids love coming to the club mm -hmm. or, you know, it's been such a help for us because we're working because a lot of our parents work. That's a good thing. Just always working to change those narratives, though, you know, what people perceive things to be. You know, we got a lot of working parents at the club. Yeah. And, and our organization allows them to continue to work. Yeah. Because... Child care is expensive. It's definitely expensive. Plus, you want them in a good spot. Yeah. You know, you, you, they're, they're learning there. They're social. There's people watching over them. People like you speaking encouragement into yeah, them. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Actual people with their best interest in mind. Yeah, and they refill my spirit. You know, yeah, like, that's, man, that's when you're tired, it's a trade-off. Mm -hmm. It's reciprocable. 
and people, you know, little kids come in and they've drawn you a picture of something you can't even figure out what it is. Mm. You're just like, thank you for thinking about me. Yeah. 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 You know, so again, I could go on forever about that, but I just think that we need to take more time to be responsible for these kids. They don't have to be yours. Well, I think you're taking a, you've taken a big step in that direction. And you also, like you were talking about earlier, I think you're leading by example, you know, and just and just speaking like this, people are going to start doing more and more. Yeah, we we need the community support as well because things don't just happen because we want them to. It 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 is heavily reliant upon community members feeling uh, a a need and a a pull inside their heart to be like, you know what, I need to support this because the work is right. The the what they're doing with the youth is right for whatever organization you support. How can you support? Uh, well, volunteers are always needed. You know, we people talk about man. I remember when the club used to have all these athletics. We did. Yep, there was yeah. a lot of people working for free too. You know, that were making that happen. A lot of people volunteering in the community Mr. that Taddy. felt yeah, Beaumont. absolutely yeah. that felt responsibility though. <laughs> Big Phil, he's actually my son's coach right now. Beaumont, yeah. <laughs> 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 I I think Beaumont's been everybody's coach at one point in his <laughs> in your like from that's a your testament. Career. That's yes. a testament, man. Straight up from what ninety to now, yeah. Beaumont, but that's what it takes. It takes adults from this community deciding on where where they can serve. For some people, they can write checks, and that's wonderful. I'm not quite there yet, but. I think that writing checks is great. Supporting the club, mm-hmm. uh, donating to the club is wonderful. And then there are people who can give their time and a whole lot of it. Uh, we need basketball coaches. We want football flag, uh, flag football coaches. We want all of that. Um, we want people to just come in the club and just high five the kids. <laughs> yeah. Cause sometimes you talk about volunteerism and people are like, oh, I don't have time to be, listen, it could be once a month. It doesn't, you We're have not time talking to about just of, be. Yeah, just be. You don't have to come in and do anything specific. Shoot some Sometimes pool. kids just look forward to like, oh, you're going to be there Thursday. Great. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait. I'm coming Thursday because you're going to show up. Yeah. You know, that happens all the time. Um, and we serve like a thousand kids a day in Springfield, though. Oh, wow. Because we've got nine locations. The The main site on 15th Street is one of eight or one of nine locations. We're, we're still about two. Yeah, so some other the ones. other the ones are in the school. So, well, ABC units been closed for a minute. Okay. But yeah, that's that the one I know about. Yeah. Century? Is that? So 21st Century is a funding source because we've had to really intentionally like retrain people because everybody was using 21st Century. There are multiple organizations that are funded whose Programs are funded through 21st Century. Uh-huh. Um, but for Boys and Girls Clubs, we're in the Boys School. Um, we're at Franklin. We're at Franklin Middle School. We are at, I'm sorry, my brain is like fried, Blackhawk. Um, we pick up from Isles. We pick up from Washington Middle School. We pick up from Feichens. Um, And you'll have to forgive me because we're in several other schools. Sure. And I cannot just call them off the top of my head mm-hmm. right now. But sure. Um, so we serve a lot of kids every single day, you know, so uh, I think it's always important to make sure we're telling the right story because it's not just 15th Street. It's all of those. Sites. Yeah, I had no idea. That yeah, that I didn't either. I mm-hmm. had no idea. Now, I knew that the 21st century was in the schools, but I didn't yeah. know that that was like um, counted as like a part of the site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we call so you're, those you're Boys everywhere. and Girls Club Blackhawk unit, Boys and Girls okay. Club Ridgely unit. Mm-hmm. Um we're at Matheny Withrow. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I worked. <clears throat> I think I worked for that one. Yeah, I worked so, at Grant Boys and Girls. 
21st century. Gotcha. No, no, no. No, no mine was uh, McLernan. Yeah, we you used to be still... at McLernan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We used to be there several years ago. Yeah. So uh, I think that that's important because it spreads it out. It is. Yeah. Throughout the city of Springfield. And it's so, in the schools. And it's in the schools and it's an extension of the school day as far as like the teachers who are in the schools often are the ones working mm-hmm. as teachers in the program. Power hour. So we're there to, yep, support what's already going on in the district and not reinventing the wheel. So, um, right. Just as a, a, a support to the schools because that's important too. You also get a variety um, of different students. Absolutely you do. You yeah. don't have to be at the 15th Street location to be a part of the uh, Boys and Girls Club. And sometimes, depending on where people live, it makes sense for their kids to get bused to the 15th Street location because they mm-hmm. live around there. Mm-hmm. But if you live by Du Bois, you're not going to come all the no, way to the club. You're going to stay over there and you're going to get great programming from Ms. Shaw. Yeah. Who's Shout over there out. running that program. So, um, you know, I we we serve a lot of students and yeah. we hope to grow to serve more. Um, but I, I can't say enough. You know, I, I love boys and girls club. I, I love the national entity that we operate under. I love what it means. I love how they celebrate youth and really try to give youth a platform for their voice. Um, I think that that's really important and it's nice to work for an organization that you can be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I know for me, I can't just work anywhere. That drains my spirit. Like if the culture is not right, I, it, the check's not enough. Because mm-hmm. that's just me. I got friends that can grind it out. You can, they can grow anywhere. <laughs> I can't do it. Got a different spirit. Yeah, it wears my spirit down. I can't do it. I have to be someplace where it feels It'll wear right. Your spirit, right? Down. Yep. Yep. Mm-mm. Can't do it. You know, talking about wearing your spirit now. What do you do for fun? So I really love service, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds kind of whack, but. All my friends are in uh, community service aspects some way or another. So for fun, usually, you know, it's, hey, so I'm having this event. Could you come help me or volunteer? Yeah, girl, I got you. No problem. Um, I definitely love Cooper Talk. <laughs> I kind of feel like a fixture there. Um, and then I, I sing with the funk band. And I love movies. I'm a huge movie buff. That's like, that's my thing. I binge watch when I have time at home, Netflix. Love kung fu movies. I love science fiction. It's my jam. So what's what's the latest movie that you've seen that, you know, you enjoyed? The Irishman was the Irish definitely. Definitely. Dude. I definitely wouldn't have thought you said we were gonna say that. When I tell you you will never see better acting on the screen. You will never see better chemistry between actors than what was provided in the Irishman. That was epic. And I was so mad when people were like, it's so long. It's Martin Scorsese, okay? Yeah. You give that man eight hours if he needs eight hours. Yeah. He's taking it. Well, I mean, it, it was brilliant. I love that. You give that man. And you know what? I really wants. just didn't. Uh, I did not understand how big Jimmy Hoffa was. And I really yeah. didn't understand. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I brought to the table with these guys when I told them I seen it because you hear, you know, grow up, you hear, uh-huh. where's Jimmy Hoffa? Jimmy where's the body yep. of Jimmy Hoffa? And then when you're able, well, when you work in Springfield and you get just a little glimpse of what the power of a union is. To, and the po- the politicking. And the politics involved yes. around all that. So you can only imagine. He what was like bigger than the president, him. though. Did you, you yeah. know, did you really peep that? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I did. I had no idea. So I that this time, is what I'm talking about, about era. watching movies. Right. Because that's where the power was. The power was in that yes. union, not actually in the president's hand. Skip Absolutely. That union. 
Or he would he say, skip them Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but I loved them. it. It was none of them. It was powerful. It was phenomenal it's to politics, watch. Politics, man. It's not. It's not fair. <laughs> you just. It was a. It was just amazing to see actors who are truly in their prime. And you know what? It made me all angry all over again because old girl from, um, old girl from um. Was it Goodfellas? I need my hat. I can't do the run without my hat. Um, oh. She uh, was in the movie. She was in The Irishman. She was somebody's wife. Yeah. She was. Uh, you know the one that was running running the dope on the planes and Joe oh, wife. with the baby? Oh, yeah, it was yeah, Goodfellas, yeah, yeah. right? She's looking at the helicopter. I saw her. I saw her. And got mad all over the babysitters who I'm talking about. Remember how they had the baby and she was getting on the flight? On the phone, messing it up. Yep. Talking. Yeah, yeah. Seen her in the movie and got mad all over yeah, again. Yeah, got mad all over again. In <laughs> front man, of you, he, he, you shouldn't even be walking around, sis. You messed everything up. <laughs> you messed that whole thing up, getting on that phone. Exactly. He told you. Yeah. yeah that, you had, the she had to go back and get, yeah, had to go get her hat. She won't fly it's without like, her I, hat. I won't fly without my yeah. hat. Yeah. I need my hat. I hate her. That's so funny. I hate her. But no, that was a great movie. Lots of turned around and turned into salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> up. I'd say that's probably the most recent one that I've seen where I was like, oh, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that was phenomenal. Did you see the sit down that they had after? Uh, you know, I did. Oh, for sure. That was dope. I didn't see that. That's worth, I haven't either. I haven't seen that one. That's worth seeing. It's 24 minutes. Uh-huh. Right. It's on, it's on like, Netflix, too? Yeah. I, it comes on right after the film, like you know how to like auto go into the next thing. Um, I I like watching things like that because I want to know that what I thought was going on sure. was what was happening, and I just want I love to see actors uh, collaborate and talk, yeah, and, and the, reveal things about their character, yeah, they, their motivation. They had the the craftsmanship they were talking about, especially uh-huh. working with Martin about Ooh, using. Yeah. Uh, multiple cameras because what Pesci was saying, he's like, we're old school. We're used to the two camera setup. So when you know you bring in this uh, ad, um, the added the additive of the CGI that they were using mm-hmm. to kind of make them appear younger, mm-hmm. it requires more cameras. Mm-hmm. So they was they was worried about doing that before you know when Martin was telling them what was the the film was going to be about. And it was just interesting to hear the, like you were saying, the the behind the scenes of their expertise of their craft on what they were talking about on the other side, as opposed to what we see. Mm-hmm. I so, think people forget, like, these guys been in the game for a minute. Oh, yeah. You right. are watching magic happen. Yeah. There's no, like, rehearsing Legends. scenes for real. They're they're in the raw and they're reacting to each other. I yeah. mean, it's it's These guys show acting. up and do it. You know, they they were a part of films over the course of my life and their career that aren't being remade until The Irishman. You know, The Irishman isn't even a remake of uh. that. It's using it, it, it has them in it. So that brings <laughs> everything that they've yeah. done before them For with it. Sure. The eras. Yes. The eras. The. De Niro gets to play. I love his character. Yes. I, he, yeah. he, I, I love him. The nervous yes. kind of. I, I love him. He got it done the whole. Did time. you ever see him as Frankenstein in Ali? No. Oh. In Mary Sue as Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. You, please yeah. tell me you saw it. Yeah. I've never seen him as Frankenstein. Yeah. Are you looking at his face? Missing out. 
<laughs> hey, it, it was all, it was a whole different twist on the story. You're missing out. Yeah, I got it was the. Good. I got, I got really? the. Uh, I got Thank the, you, uh, bro. I, I appreciate play. this one over here. <laughs> I There's got the never been a time. The book. Wow. Yeah. I've wait, never, whoa, whoa, what wait, the, wait a minute. What? Was, hold on. That's a flex right there. He said, what? Hey, he was, he was, hey, and like you were saying earlier about their craft, there ain't nothing they can't do in that, in that lane. No, uh, is, Am I, am, I might be out of bounds for this. Uh-oh. I've never thought I would meet anybody who messed with Frankenstein at all. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, am I out of bounds for that? Well, I, it, like she, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, no. Call, I'm like this. <laughs> Is that terrible? I, I like Oscar the Grouch. Wait, but you know, but you, because I don't know anything about. The only thing I've ever seen Black about Frankenstein, and, guy? and, and no, it looks is, so fake. No, 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 no. This is totally different. Like, the white, scrap, scrap all of that. See, and that's why. Think more scientific Dr. in Dr. like this guy is piecing together parts or finding these cadavers that he's trying to bring reanimate, right? So with he, electricity and all kinds of stuff. It's not as like janky Halloween. Yeah. It's, it's not. not He's thinking the monster man. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You know? This is very good. Ghouls. Hey, like, hey like, De Niro was in it. It's very good. <laughs> Ghouls, man. No, like it's very good. So that's why I've always. He got the like, bat on the string flying around. Bat. <laughs> it's not young uh, Frankenstein. What is it? Uh, Coco. Coco was the Frankenberry. Frankenberry. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> That's why I was Listen, like, messes, the bolts, the bolts in the neck. No, no, no. It's that. not that. <sighs> Nail him in. in the, At in least two, list, two of us know what's going on. No, I'm with That's you. a good I, version. Know, I, 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 I it's know a good the, version of the movie. I, I, would, I would love, I would good. give that a chance because, it's very but good. I just never thought. It's I, black and white though, isn't it? No, no this, was, this is like this is the original is black and white. But this is a late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, so. It's a remake. Yeah, it's I very good though. Gives you a different concept of what so it was. So is it called Frankenstein? Uh huh. It's it's Mary Mary, Mary Shelley's yeah. Frankenstein because uh-huh. she's the original author of yeah. the book. Okay. Yeah, it's it's sticks closer to that. Yes, yeah, the original story. Uh huh. It's very good. I'm so I got friends that will go to the family video. Yeah. And pick out the most nastiest Sci-fi looking gore. Uh-huh. Mansquito, Sharknado. Or just something Human stupid. centipede. Anything. Uh-huh. And they will watch stuff like that. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm... human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Is that a real movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't know about don't Frankenstein. Or... They, got, hey, hey, they, got a, they got two of them. Yeah, they do. Don't do it. Human don't centipede? Do it. What, can think, that, what, what can that be? Just think of what that can mean. That's nasty. Just think of what the narrative on that. Is. It's barbaric. At, at it's, it's barbary. Yeah, that's not any good. To say man. the least. That's not any good. Trash. But no, I'm. I need to get what one of them got. Like, cause I I still like it. Cause it's an adventure for me. Like, it is. It, it is. Oh. It, I hear you, bro. I hear you. He's so silly. But uh, it is a <laughs> you guys, whatever, man. Anyways, speak on it, brother. Anyways, like I, I would have never thought I would 
I've seen some good ones where it's like I would never steer you wrong. And so that's why now it's I'm, a good one. You need to check it out. I will check it out. You should because man, I'm telling like I seen he just was like so confident, like picked it up, read the back, and was like, "This is it." Put it Ooh, in, and it was another one way out of town. There's one with um, Liam Nielsen, Nielsen? Mm-hmm. where he is a snowplow driver. It's it just came out not too long ago. That's good. Yeah. Snowpiercer. No, 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 no. That's the train. That was horrible. <laughs> that's the train. No, that that was horrible. That was horrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. I didn't like it. Oh, you seen it? Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Hold on, because I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what it is. Because a that was a good movie. Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit. If you haven't seen that, you need to get that. Is it that was great. is that Winter Taken? <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I will find you. No, this is well. <laughs> no, kind of, but not really. Because he's getting to be that guy. He's starting to become. Okay, and I love. He's like, no, I don't want to do it unless I'm doing it. <laughs> and all I'm telling you is, he had skills. Don't sleep on it. It's a good it's movie. Good. Oh. It's a very good movie. Cold. Say it again, because I don't Cold. think it's winter taken now. Cold pursuit. <laughs> Cold pursuit. Okay, you write that down. Winter taken. But honestly, I was like, well. Hey, okay, This time, I'm gonna forget. He was quite ganji. And that's what that see. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I know who he, was he is. He Qui Gon Star Wars. He's a teacher of. Oh yeah. And she said, "Oh yes." You don't like. He's. A, I never watched Star Wars. Isn't I'm he? Hold on. Isn't he? Uh, he's the lion in uh, which the lion which in the wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> is that what? <laughs> Why well, I shouldn't know that either. Man, isn't he the dude <laughs> that? Uh, <laughs> hold on. The voice. Oh, no. The witch in the wardrobe. Why do you know that? I got kids, fam. <laughs> no, don't blame it on the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you don't blame it on the baby. I got a 21-year-old. I got a 16-year-old. I got do not two blame it on daughters. the Do not blame it on the baby. I watch Baby Bum, too. Hey, I was watching PJ Masks for I got here. I ain't going <laughs> to I have watched an episode of PJ Masks. Isn't he also the dude that... Batman had to train at the. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? What? Razagul. Yeah. yeah, he was a badass. I liked in that it. one. Yeah. What? He's Razagul. In the first with Christian Batman Bale, begins. with the one with Christian Bale, he saved yeah. him off that that ledge of ice. Yeah, I like that. Liam Nielsen. Yeah, was yeah. in Dark Batman. Knight. No, uh, not Dark Knight. The one Re- before. Ba- I think it's Batman Begins. Yeah. I don't Batman. Because Christian Bale when he was not in Batman Begins. Yeah, he he's he's learning. You he, learn the story on why he knows. I think it's Batman Begins. What he knows. It's the one that he had goes the to train. He goes to train yeah, with this, them. Like the shadow. The shadow. Yeah. Like, the, he, yep. the shadow Bro, first of all, it is Batman Begins, but Christian Bale is not in Batman Begins. You're right because Batman Begins. Is Dark with, Knight is when Christian Bale came in. Batman yeah. Begins is mm-hmm. with. Uh, now I'm gonna look it up. 2005. Sure, I'm thinking of Batman Forever. Now y'all got me all Batman yeah, down. I think it's Batman <laughs> Begins. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you know what? He was I a young know. Bruce Wayne. Christian Bale travels to the far east. I just there it is. My whip hand. Holler at Razagul. <laughs> uh, I apologize, sir. No, you were correct. No, I, 
And the only reason I kind of knew something about it, because I had the Where was night. I? Did you say 2005? Yeah. Who was you at in 2005? Carnival. (laughs) (laughs) On that week and a half, baby. (laughs) I've seen this, though. I know you, yeah. I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. You're you're absolutely correct. No, but. Got a lot going on. Yeah, the only reason I kind of know that is because I had the dark night, and I'm like, I hated. I felt like the dark night was like. The best one. Like Christian Bale's first time. Mm-hmm. But clearly it's not because he was in Batman Begins. But the Dark Knight was probably the best. Because that's that one. It's the one. That's that one. Yeah, because that's the one with the Joker in it. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I loved it. So Yeah, no, that was that was the best one. For sure. I was not a fan of Anne Hathaway being Catwoman. That was weird. I'm with you on that. I was <laughs> not that. pleased with that pick. I'm with you on that. That was whack. He's exactly. did not do it. Not, 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 not Halle Berry. Not memorable. Oh, uh, she. First of all, <laughs> nobody can top Michelle Pfeiffer. Not no, that original. As Catwoman. No. That original. You will never. You would. Earth, 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 Earth the Kid, baby. Earth the Kid. Well, yeah. OG. I mean, OG. That's OG. But well, I'm saying, gotta, like, you got to flex. You know. I didn't really like uh, Halle Berry as Catwoman. Actually. I didn't like her in John Wick. I don't like her anymore. <laughs> Whoa! I, 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 what I did used, she do? I, not like. I Who did she like do? Her. She offered him some goat. <laughs> <laughs> a curry goat plate. Some that coke. Like, I can't do it. My body's gonna reject it. Not even from Holly Berry. Uh, Swordfish Holly Berry. Oh yeah, yeah that's great. I love. It's about it though. We were in love. Boomerang. We were in love. In the one where boomerang. her kid got stolen in the car the and she's driving the minivan the whole movie. Can't do it. Or the one she was kidnapped. The, yeah. Oh, that was horrible. The one she's the 911 dispatcher. Oh, Stop it. that was yeah. horrible. Stop it. I think she was done after because she was almost, almost done in that James Bond movie. Didn't she get slammed by Billy Billy Bob? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh, Monsters, yeah. yeah. That's when I was like, you're done. There that's was. When, that, that's I said, you that said, what'd she do? Yeah. I said, who'd she do? And that's when, hey, <laughs> I thought you were going to get to that. Because Holly Berry was my crush. She was my, my crush. And then so I she saw got that crushed. happen. And I was like, that, that changed everything. It's over. You didn't want to see her with him. And it looked real. That's <laughs> what I didn't like about it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Was, was looking off fast, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't the they get an weird, award? Hey, the <laughs> weird camera angles. Yeah. Didn't the they get an the, adult the, film the award? Real camera angles. <laughs> she won an Oscar Best for cinematography. That, didn't she? <laughs> no, man. <It> <laughs> she won an Oscar. She did. Yeah. 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 Because of them weird camera angles. And you know they just don't <laughs> give out Oscars like that. Did she got to win one like that? Monsters Ball. Oh, I can't. Yeah, that, I can't. I don't. That's when I stopped. I was like, I Holly Berry is done. Holly Berry had to get Terry out. Terry Washington now. That, yeah. That's that's who. I, of, have you seen American? Is it American Son? Yeah. You know what? That felt very uh, theater on the stage for me. It was one. The room. acting was yeah. was translated very theaterish to me. Mm-hmm. Like it's something you would have watched. I could have seen the it on stage. the stage. Yeah, it that's felt what it felt very like. Much like I mean, I know that movies are screenplays, but like, it felt very play-ish. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, it wasn't really my my thing. I what do you think about the storyline? 
I just feel like there was a lot of buildup just to get to like, oh, hey. Oh, well, we, we, uh, uh, you know what? I apologize. Now Spoiler I'm just alert. The one in the police station. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Got you. I yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, I, I was didn't very see disappointed. And, why, and I heard a whole bunch of people. It's like, you got to go see that. See, and you know what? To one of our super listeners, and uh, uh, I'm a big fan of this person, and, you know, I, I, I take movie advice and food advice from him all the time. Melissa Hamilton, you steered me wrong. She told me to stop <laughs> watching Power and watch that. Shame Ooh. on you. And I know you're going to hear that. Was but it how, a redirect? But how you been? Yeah. <laughs> watch that phone start buzzing. <laughs> and to a certain degree, um, I there's stuff I just can't watch anymore. Because like I like... Um, when they see us, for instance, I, I just can't mm-hmm. do it. Not because I don't appreciate that the movie's being it's made, but much. like in the industry that I'm in, uh, I can't do it right now. Yeah, yeah. it's too much. And that I feel like tough. brown folks are just exhausted. And so it's just more, it's even heavier exhaustion. I'm overstimulated like, I with yeah, it. Yeah, I can't do it. Between, I barely watch like the news actively as it is. For sure. To keep my joy and peace and uh, genuine like happiness for other people. There, there's just stuff I can't watch. That was can't a tough. It. I don't want to. I, I don't want to see that. I really dark. Very I, dark. I did watch it, and man, yeah, it's I, important it to watch. Tough. It's like once you have done. kids, watching kids get hurt on TV, uh, for like hospital shows and stuff. There's just certain I can't do it because I got kids, so yeah. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to imagine. Ah, entertain it. It's not seeing a little kid get hurt in a in a movie. I'm not doing it. Nope. Can't do it. You got to like protect your spirit to a certain degree about that's what you expose it to. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on that. It's just different when you're in it, and some people can deal with that, and that's cool. But I just nope. It, it is it, even though it still affects them though. It does. Mm-hmm. They just they don't realize it, but it does. It really does. Because we've talked about that before with your conscience. It it just it's records. taking it in. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it and it does, and so that's why I'm like I'm I'm sensitive to that. I appreciate that the movie was made. I think you know giving uh, life and light to things that have happened like that that are just huge miscarriages of justice that people need to know about is great. I am just not in a place where I can sit and absorb that right now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I understand. There, there was a movie that I never want to see ever again. Which one? <laughs> and uh, it was the one for uh, it's what is it called for for black for color girls for color for girls color who considered never, suicide when the rainbow was enough or whatever with Dan Jackson. Girls. Yeah, that was the most nope. disturbing movie I ever seen in my life. Like it was disturbing to me. That's what I'm saying. You gotta protect your your spirit, man. Have you guys seen? Have you seen that movie? Mm-hmm. I have. Not. I didn't. I, man, I don't. He said, "Don't." I won't. I don't ever want to see it again. Mm-mm. It disturbed me. I like John Wick though. <laughs> hey, you seen all three? He's absolutely. All, I haven't seen all more three. than once. He John. He's at, he's actually John Wick. He is in real life. You see that his talk videos? about staying in your lane. Yeah. When once he hit the Matrix, it's on and popping. Yeah. Is this true that the Matrix and John Wick Four are coming out on the same day? So I've heard that, but. I just feel like there's not any marketing to support that. Like, I've not seen anything on TV. (laughs) Well, the little bit I watch, I haven't really seen any advertisement. Yeah. That seems counterproductive. Why would you do that? 
Right. That's ridiculous. Why would you have two Keanu Reeves movies competing with each other? It's me and it's me again. (laughs) I know Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't believe it, but (laughs) that's ridiculous. I'm going to go back to my office now. You know, you've had a, a a very outstanding week. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> to say oh the least. Oh my gosh, to I'm say like the least. to say the least. How do you deal with the attention that comes with a week like that? I just say thank you and try to just keep things in perspective for people because again, I, I'm excited. I think it's a really great opportunity. I've worked really hard for it. Um, but I also understand that for other people, when, when they see a Brown person winning, they're like, yes. And again, brings me back to my point of like, sometimes you don't really realize the things that you've devoted your time to mean a lot more to other people because they're clapping for you. They're watching you. They have hopes for you. They feel like, um, there's something that you're going to do. That's going to be like really epic, you know? Uh, so you're carrying a torch. Yeah, for a, I, for I, a, it's a lot of responsibility yeah. though too. You know, um, I think that that's the thing that doesn't really get talked about a lot is um, everything you do is picked apart. Yeah, uh, you know that that then comes with that. It's not. It's it's great that uh, so many people are excited about it, but I do think that oftentimes we have unrealistic expectations of people. Mm-hmm. And so I try to at least be transparent. Like, hey, I can't. I can't meet every goal that you have or uh, complete everything on the agenda that you want to see, but um, I'm just doing my best to do what I can do, you know? Um, but no, it's, it's been a really great week. Uh, you know, it, same thing with the school board that, yeah, you know, what yeah, happened and it was yeah. like, you know, but you, you get competing thoughts of like some people don't think you deserve anything and other people are like, yeah, this is really great. So mm-hmm. um, I think that what is interesting is the longer you work and the more that you're doing, little things start to prepare you for stuff that's coming that you don't even know you need to be prepared for. So my skin is a lot thicker than it was five years ago because to a certain degree, I trust myself in a way that I didn't five years ago. So I know when I say something or I have a thought that I that's how I feel. Versus being like, well, I don't know. Um, you you build like this um, conviction about what you decide to speak about, what's important to you. And you don't really let people go, well, you can't feel like that or you can't say that. Or, you know, um, I definitely have gotten stronger in my convictions about things because I know it's the right thing. Yeah. You know, you do enough and you're like, no, this is right. And a girlfriend of mine, I remember one time said, you need to stop apologizing when you speak. And I was like, what? She's like, you have like really important things to say and like uh, well thought out um, plans or when you remark on something, it's really important. But then you say like, I'm sorry, guys, I don't want to make anybody upset or I don't know how you guys feel. But she's like, you diminish the weight of your words when you apologize, when you speak. And the day she told me that I never did it again. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything for me. So that's what I'm saying sometimes too, when you're telling people, cause you care about them and you give them little jewels or whatever. 
some of those things that seem really mundane and small to you change somebody's trajectory, like empower them in a way that you didn't even know. And she told me that and I've never done it since. And what I started to notice was people stopped questioning me because I wasn't using a tone that made me sound like, I don't know, guys, if this yourself. is what, yeah. right, I'm certain mm-hmm. no, this is not what we're doing yep. or this is what it is. Uh, and so it's okay to upset people. Yeah, it's okay to upset That's people. Okay. But again, my story is my story. My truth is mm-hmm. my truth. And I'm also not willing to um, dull that down so that people can feel better about it. I think uh, being hmm. a black woman in Springfield uh, and being, you know, a professional or, you know, in the professional realm, man, it's hard to navigate sometimes. You know, uh, how how brown can I be in this space? How much can I say? What can I say? You're just always in your head, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying not to make missteps. And that's really hard, especially when you're watching people misstep all over the place and still moving right along. And you're like, uh, well, the expectation is, that yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, the, the expectations, it's a lot sometimes. And people expect things of you that they can't even fulfill. So, mm-hmm. um it's great having a week like this, but it's also like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's going to start. It has to start. It's a great week. When's it going to settle? You just never know what comes behind that. Great yeah, week. Sure. You know, like, it just, again, just levels to it. Uh, and I try to stay humble in the thought of, I'm glad that it's an exciting time, but I worked for it, though. Sure. So um, I I appreciate that I'm in a community of people where folks are happy for me when things happen. I think that's wonderful. I think we should do that for all of for all of us though. Mm-hmm. You know whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's been a great week. If you had <clears throat> if you had some advice for the younger people, you know, kind of a little older than what you work with normally, what would it be? I, when it comes to advice, you know, it's, it really is just figuring out who you are and that it's okay not to know. I think that we, I think that when you're in your early twenties, especially everybody looks like they have it together, but they really don't like, that's the thing you don't know. Sure. Nobody knows what they're doing. And I, my advice for Youth is more so me being transparent and being like, yeah, there's a lot that I don't know. There's a lot that I try to do better. Um, And that's part of the process. I don't have it all together. Right. I'm not happy all the time. Things are not perfect. Um, And just to be careful that you don't try to pose for people who are posing for you and you don't even know it. That happens all the time. You think that such and such has it together. We do it as adults. Yeah. They're happily married and or they, you know, the kids are great. And, you know, you don't know what's going on. So you are are doing everything you can do to kind of like meet them at that level. Um, but they're miserable. You know, so I just think really being authentic and being yourself and being happy with what you have and just always working towards more is important. Just be content at, with what you have with a goal to do more and, and, and to get more, but it's all a journey. It's that's 
everybody's path is not your path. Right. I, I'm saying there's like so many things I could say, you know, depending on what somebody's wanting to know. But those are the things that were always on my mind when I was in my 20s. Like, oh, I don't have my degree finished. Uh, my friends are doing better than I am as far as like they just look like they're mm-hmm. adults. I never felt like I looked like an adult. You know, what is that? Um <laughs> You know, it's funny you said. Uh, I just never felt that way, you know. Yeah, you you said that you. Um, I don't even know what I was going to go there, but you know, I, I just I seen a, a post the other day that that kind of speaks to what you were saying, and and it said, um, "Remember when you wanted everything you have now?" Yeah. There was a time that you. Mm-hmm. Wanted what you have now, and you had to begin a process to materialize all the things that you have or do now. And I have moments where I have to sit still for a second. <clears throat> I have to force myself to sit still in my mind for a second. Uh, not out of, I want this, but out of like, girl, take a second and like actually look at where you're at. Hmm. Um, because there for a, a time period, I was grinding so hard, I never came up for air. Cause I was just in it. Yeah. And it was like one day I looked up and was like, oh my gosh. And I needed to remind down. myself yeah. that like, girl, you can't keep your head down the whole time. Right. Like you have, you gotta take a breath at some point. Yeah. And uh, cause my dad would always say like, it's never enough. You could make 200,000 and then next year you're like, I gotta get three. Yeah. It's never enough. And that's my whole point about like appreciate the now. Uh be in the moment of what you have. Um, things could always be better, but at the same time, like you have to exist in the space that you're in or your whole life is gone. Yeah. And you're looking back on missed opportunities to just sit with your kids and watch cartoons on Saturday. Just I, I've, I've missed a lot of time at home. Yeah. I really have. Little yeah. ones, a lot of precious time. Yeah, I've missed a lot of time at home uh that I can't get back. And for me, that's the sacrifice that I made. That's the choice that I made. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, and it is what it is. It would have been something, but um, just really existing. Uh, but I, I think that there's a lot when you're in your early twenties, you don't know. The world is just like you're just trying to figure stuff out, and all of us are alive, and people still don't know how to navigate through it. I just don't think we share our stories enough. Mm, yeah, that we don't. Knowledge, information. Yeah, you don't share you get knowledge. You're supposed to spread knowledge. You go through something, you tell the story. You, you should. You keep the other, the next generation, you know, from falling into that trap. Mm-hmm. Tell a story. Each one, teach one. You know that was that's what we was talking about with Mr. Woodson. Yeah. You know the the importance of, you know, it's you're very <clears throat> fortunate if you 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 get a mentor and a good one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but just the importance of being able to bounce ideas off of somebody that has been further along the path that you're going and them being able to kind of forewarn you about certain things and you know it's it's kind of like your body you know you don't really get taught like to pay attention to that tingle mhm you have to figure that out yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you have a mentor, they're able to kind of, hey, you know why this happened is this is why this happened. And be watch out for this because this will happen again. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, it doesn't make it easier. It just makes the 
the travel less unexpected. Yeah. If that makes sense, you, you, you have a sense and an idea of things you will encounter and things to look for You're instead of just blind. blindly yeah, going for sure. something for sure as a child into this world. And I, I think that people are receptive to that. If you know something tell somebody. Yeah. Don't watch me like just drowning. You know, if you could, <coughs> excuse me, if you can help. But I think sometimes people like to watch folks flail around. They do. And be helpless. Like, well, they how do. much how much water are you going to take in before your head goes under? And then I might grab you. Or, yeah. You know Set what I mean? you up it, to yeah. do that. Uh-huh. It happens. <laughs> but you know what? And you know, I, at one point, I'm like, I'm missing something. Like, I'm, I'm working really hard. Things are not coming together the way I want them to. Uh, I'm missing something. And... At one point, not even that long ago in my career, I was like, I didn't realize how important how important discernment was. And I didn't ask for that. What do you mean? The, by that? the universe for discernment, meaning like. Um, I was moving so fast and grinding so hard, I wasn't paying attention to people like really paying attention to them. Are you around me because you can benefit from me? Are you around me to help me? Discernment of people, places, and things. You know, like what? Why? Yeah. As individuals and not yeah, just. Yeah, you purpose. know, like really looking at people yeah. and, and trying to figure out are you a help or are you a hindrance? Because to a certain degree, they all look the same. And then the longer the relationship goes on, you're like, oh, so yeah, this, yep, I, I wasn't paying attention to you mm-hmm. uh, clearly because you're not here for me. Right. So I, I think that uh, that was something that people don't talk about that. No. Um, paying attention and being sensitive to the energies that you're bringing around you. Like, is this the right person in my space? Because there's just some times where you, you get around certain people. I can't deal with you. I don't even know you. And there's just something so off-putting about your aura, your spirit, whatever you I can't even talk to you. It's real. It's real. And you can feel that off you, of people you give sometimes. It off. Like, yeah. uh, and that happens every now and then or I'm like, no, I'm good. Mm-mm. I'm good. Yep, you, you, I'm good on that. Yeah. You just need to be sensitive to it. Uh, I don't mm, think I yeah. always was because I enjoyed it, people, you know, like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? Right. And you see the good in everybody. Yeah. But that, that's not see. always you, you need that discernment. Um, and some people have an overabundance of it. Sure. So they're, clock at everybody you know and that's not you got to have a balance mm-hmm. um but i think that that's important that discernment how do you find a balance in what you do i don't there's no balance i don't i don't even know if that's real like balance in like the work life aspect sure i made choices that i could sleep with is really all it ever came down to there's no balance i'm i I get tired, but I'm not, I don't feel tired because it's serving the purpose of like, I got to, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to get these things done. It's like I said, not being at home all the time. And, and I got little kids. Um, that's a choice that I made that I was like, I'm going to be at peace with this. Yep. Uh, they'll be okay. You know what I'm saying? For me. Yeah. Now that's not everybody. Sure. But uh, I would hope that eventually my kids would look back and the much in the way I do with my dad uh, being in, working for Department of Corrections and traveling a lot. That provided me access to things, though. 
So at some point in time, you start dealing with your parents a little bit differently than you do when you're a kid. But um, I made choices. I used to love watching TV, loving hip hop. Used to be my jam. <laughs> I don't have time for that. No. I gave it up. And it didn't all happen like at once. It just, I started working so much. I was like, I don't think I've watched TV in like three months. I'll grow it. I didn't need it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, okay. Yep. I filled my time with other stuff. So uh, I don't have, there's no balance. There's no real balance. I could stay at work until 11 o'clock at night, every night. I'd love that. I, I thrive in work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to go home. You know, like there's just times I just have to shut it down. But no, I just made choices. Um, and I try to encourage other people to not down themselves for being workaholics. I mean, it's just, you have to take time when you can, but I can't tell you what that looks like for you. It's different for everybody. Yeah. Um, I love being at work. So you have a great support staff at home. <laughs> yeah. OG Frank. <laughs> Frank Shout, is out. Awesome. Shout out to Frank. Yeah. Frank's awesome. Frank's like, uh, I'm going to be here with the kids. So I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my friends will serve as my plus one if I need to go someplace. Or I go places by myself. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's definitely – we have, like, there's 13-year age difference between me and my husband. So he's like, hey, I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to be here at the house or watch the game or, you know, he gets a good cigar and he's good to go. Yeah. So the, so the babies <laughs> aren't chill. somewhere no, not, else. No, not smoking in the house. But I'm no. saying, like, you know, <laughs> that, that's his recharge, right? Like, Sorry, he loves that. So the babies are still with their other uh, parent. Yeah. So it's 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 perfect. Because you know what? That's my other thing. Time. We don't both need to be home. And that's something I want that's my daughters time. to understand. You can be a mom and not have to be here 24-7. Yeah. So as a mom, I do feel it's important that I'm not home. Because you need to know as a woman, you can be a mom. You can be a wife or not. You can be an individual. And that's okay. You yeah. don't have to do it all. Because sometimes my d- girls would say, like, oh, who's going to watch us, Dad? So your dad doesn't watch you. He lives here. He's a caregiver. He's here. He's your father. You're be home with your dad. There's no who's watching you. Yeah. The other you, person in this not. world right. yeah. that and that's, that's okay. created you. And yeah. I have a little boy now, and, you know, I want him to know, like, As no. You, you need to know how to take care of your children. Absolutely. And take and you care be of supportive. your house. Yeah. And do it and, and be a man doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is how you, ha- this is how you do it. So, uh. I would say that's where I try to find a balance is being Tiffany, the individual, the mom and the wife. I do. I I went on vacation by myself with my girl cousin this summer. Mm-hmm. Right. Girl trip. I hadn't had one of those in years. Yeah. You have to find things that keep you as an individual. That whole like melting into one person is like death for me. I can't. I, I I just think it's so important to like maintain your individuality and be that. I always want to be Tiffany. Yeah. And I feel like most people, all of my friends would say they've always got a consistent version of Tiffany and she's crazy and, you know, out there. Um, but I, I like being an individual. I think it's so important. And I try not to lose that if there is to be a balance. Um, being a wife is great. Working is great. But I view those as very different people. That need different things. Definitely. For me. Definitely. But I, I I cannot tell you how many girlfriends of mine, you know, get married, whatever, have kids. And it's just like, mom. And they're like, man, I'd love to do this. Or, you lost just it. Just do it. You gave that away. Yeah. 
Go get you it. You owe it to yourself to to keep yourself stay human. Stay who you are. Stay true. And and be an individual. I think that's really important. Men too. Everybody. You have to be an individual. It's so important. You married the individual. Yeah. And together you're a union. But you married that individual. You fell in love with that person. Yeah. And the wife is just the wife or the husband's like the responsibility of yeah. the that union, person, right? <laughs> That, that person is not picked who up a new you job. Are, it's not, though. Right, it's that a role. You. It's not. That's one of the roles. You. Mm-hmm. You know. Well put. Well put. And a lot of things have been well put. Crazy week. Amazing week. I know you're a very busy person, and we thank you for <laughs> yeah. taking your time out to come spend a lot of time with us. Um, I don't mind at all. What What is something you want to leave the listeners with? I'd say take the time to help somebody. Just pay attention to people around you. The simplest things mean the most to people. I, our community can be exactly what you want it to be if you decide to get busy with the work. You have you have to do something. It takes action. Service is a verb. You know, like you got to be in it. So I just want people to understand. You don't really realize how much you can change somebody's life just with very simple things. Doesn't have to be a lot of heavy lifting. So I it really just always comes down to the service for me. Just find a way to get involved with something around you, your kid's school, the nursing home. You can really add value to people's lives in a way that you just, you have no idea. Add value to people's lives. Yeah. Add value to people's lives. Absolutely. Whoever it is. We want to thank you for coming to the show. (laughs) Um, much success good luck with everything Thank you know you. you got your hands full we support yeah. you if there's anything we could ever do to help or be involved we're definitely going to be in touch with you absolutely but uh ladies and gentlemen very powerful <laughs> tiffany mathis you already know what this is this is intentional danger field <laughs>